0: pandemic trapped a bunch of aging role-playing gamers in their homes, forcing them to crawl out of their pen and paper comfort zone and into the online world of virtual tabletops and video calls. To so join them as they raise the curtain to share their stories, insights, and look all things geek. To so grab your long sword and your plus one bottle of Viagra and get ready for another episode of Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast. That's a lot of syllables for one sentence.
1: Hello and welcome to the Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast. I'm Nathan, I'm one of your co-hosts tonight, and I've also got with me... Matt, I'm your other co-host. Yay! And I've got uh, Tony, Kurt, and, and uh, David with um, Battlelords of the 23rd Century with us uh, again for the second time. Uh, so, thanks for coming back. It's, I'm amazed you actually came back. That's... Uh, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you, but but uh, but we're happy to have you. <laughs> um, so if you guys could go around and just do uh, a, a quick intro, hopefully the folks have uh, watched the, the last one, but uh, just
2: just to refresh your memory. So Tony, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Sure, I'm Tony O. I'm the resident taskmaster around here. Uh, my job is to keep everybody moving and, and bug them until they do.
3: <laughs> Hence his. Uh... Nickname of Executor or Executor, depending on what he's doing.
1: <laughs> what kind of mood he's in. Uh, all right, David, why, why don't you uh, go
3: next? Hi, David Saruco, uh CDO, uh, OCD, but in the proper alphabetical order. And, uh, yep, just uh, helping to do a lot of things around the company. I do a lot of the editing because I'm the one who says this is off by two pixels. Can we fix that, please?
1: Hence the OCD. Understandable. And
4: Kurt. <laughs> and I am Kurt. They nickname me the Viking because um, I do heavy lifting. Um, and uh, I do a lot of the layout and uh, write a lot of the species information as well as the equipment kind of descriptions. So I've been gaming for a long time.
1: <laughs> uh, you're, you're in good company. Um, so. Uh, tonight, for, for, for your listeners out there, um, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Fully Armored. Uh, it's the uh, They just had a successful Kickstarter for the supplement for uh, the 7th edition of Battlelords of the 23rd Century. And we're going to talk about uh, Savage Battlelords. It's the conversion of uh, the Battlelords uh, uh, IP to uh, the Savage Worlds system. So... Uh, I think we'll start off with with Fully Armored and just uh, talk about how how do you guys feel about having another successful Kickstarter? How how does that feel, Tony? Uh,
2: um, My perspective is I think we're getting better at it. (laughs) (laughs) And in sort of everything, um, production, timelines, cost estimating, running a Kickstarter, setting a Kickstarter, I don't think we're setting any records. uh, But I think we're certainly getting more proficient at it, and I think that's going to show – um, when people get the product, that's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, not exactly Brandon Sanderson. So <laughs> yeah, he's up to what, twenty-four million. That's now? crazy. Wow. I I back that too. I I have a I have a problem when it comes to Kickstarter. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Kurt, how about
4: how how does it feel for you? I mean, for me, I'm just excited that there's that many people that want the product. I mean, we we put a lot of time and effort into it. And we really love the system. So it's just exciting that that many people
3: want more. Awesome.
1: And last but not least, um,
3: David. Uh, It's nice to continue to grow the audience. Um, The game's kind of lay fallow for a while. And so a lot of people drifted away and we're starting to reconnect with a lot of the uh, original group and starting to bring in a lot of new people. And at Gen Con, we were able to connect with a lot of people and we even had what we called the stranger things crowd come in. So it's nice to see young gamers coming in and embracing their inner battle Lords. (laughs) There you
1: go. I'm going to pass the mic over to, to to Matt here and see what what questions do you have for the team?
0: Yeah. So I was just going to ask, uh, so Things like Kickstarter, how is that providing, like, new opportunities for what I would say, like, indie developers, indie publishers like yourselves? Whereas before, if you wanted to create a, a game, you had to either find backers on your own or cover all the costs. Now, uh, you know, how does something like Kickstarter change sort of the the market or the environment for or people who want to publish RPGs or TTRPGs?
2: I... Um published my first rpg professionally 20 years ago mm. um and it was the three f's friends family and personal finances and if you didn't have those you weren't publishing no one was going to give you money for a book um, cr- uh, kickstarter and crowdfunding in general has basically allowed the, i think the indie game scene to grow exponentially um, I know we probably would not be able, I think we'd still be here, but I don't think we'd be able to put out products nearly as fast as we would, um, or as we have, uh, compared to the old days where it was print a book, sell as many copies of that book as you can until you had enough money to make another one, which could take years. Mm. You'd be yeah, seeing uh, a
4: whole lot more PDFs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That's another thing that's really changed things, right? You can you can get onto a uh, you can lay things out and be ready to go for drive through RPG and get get things done that way too. So it, it really between crowdfunding and, and alternative ways of, of deploying content, the world has really changed in this market.
1: Yeah, one thing I noticed is it's really developed this whole ecosystem about uh, not just the the, the game designers uh, but also uh, the. Uh, artists and 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 editors and and marketing folks and there's just this whole uh, ecosystem about about self publish you know surrounding self-publishing so it's it's a uh, it's uh I think it's it's good for the the hobby it gets a lot more voices in there and and you're you're seeing games that you you never would have seen uh, 20 30 years ago um, yeah. and people you- can just go
2: and try stuff so yeah yeah. I, I don't think people who um, who have done it before realize how lower the burdens of entry have become over the years. I talked, There's a lot of people who helped us out early on because there was a, like I said, there was a 20 year gap between when when I did my first game and when we took over the helm for Battle Lords. And a lot of people sort of helped me build up that knowledge and helped us as a company. And I'm trying to pay that forward. And I talked to a lot of people on our Twitter account. And they're like, oh, I've got this game idea and I'd like to publish it. And I'm like, do it. I mean it's people you know it, it's much easier today to to get something published uh, via crowdfunding than having to do it the old way, <laughs> and I'm like, I will show you how to do this um, and you know you, you you can do it so I think it's it's definitely helped so uh, can you
1: give us an update on where things are with with uh, fully armored and and bringing it to the backers? Sure.
4: We are waiting on several pieces of art to finish up, as well as we've gone through the first major round of editing. We've got a few more things flowing in. Um, Once all that gets back and I get it updated in uh, in the uh, book, then we'll release an alpha version Uh, basically before we send it to print to make sure the more eyes, the better. They'll find more errors. We'll get as much as we can fix ahead of time, and then it's off to print. Our goal is to have it there. So when we go to Gen Con, it's, hey, look at our new book.
1: Awesome. Matt and and I are are thinking about maybe going, but uh, maybe not. So
2: it's, it's still up in the air for now. Have you guys ever been to Gen Con before? No, and you I need to go. Really, no. It's a rite of passage in the, in the gaming
1: community. It it feels so weird that we haven't uh, for as long as we've been gaming, especially together. So Matt and I went to high school together. This is you know this is
0: yeah you know, we, we we go back uh, a, a little ways there, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we dipped our yeah this is kind of off top. We dipped our toes into uh, packs unplugged. Was sort of our first official uh, uh, foray into um, into a con yeah. as as with with
2: the podcast. Yeah. That as, was a lot of as fun. Media. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. lost track of how many Gen Cons I've been to. I started in '88. Was my wow. I think '88 80, uh, or '86 was my first Gen Con. Well,
4: because they live in Indiana, so even going to uh, okay to uh, <laughs> Wisconsin to it uh, was a, a little movie. bit easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Again, lowering that bar for entry there. But, uh, so for for folks that uh, aren't familiar with uh, the fully armored Kickstarter, uh, is, do one of you want to kind of cover what's uh, in that, that product?
3: Sure. 186 pages of toys, armor, guns, <laughs> <Good. laughs> cool things to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, kit you'd use to set up a base camp, a kit you'd use to fix people around the base camp, uh, all kinds of just anything you'd find in military ops, just all kinds of stuff. So all kinds of fun stuff. We also have cybernetics in there. Oh. Yes, you can get that cybernetic hand. Crush your enemies. Oh, I, crush <laughs> your yeah. I crush your head.
0: I, yeah. I can definitely attest that uh, if you think that you have too much equipment, you don't, right? So <laughs> it, we went through on character creation in the Battle Lords book, and we're all looking through, and it's that's a big book. Right. So we're going through and picking. And then Chris is like, oh, yeah, don't forget, we've got the we've got the fully armored PDF. And we're like, oh, so it's just like, oh, my goodness. It's like, I think it, I think that's why it took us two session zeros, because we kind of did all the life path stuff. And they were like, well, what do you want to wear? And everyone kept saying you got don't pick the wrong helmet. The helmet's everything. You know, and so, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of like walking in as a kid to like a giant toy store. You know, uh I mean and, and it, I think it's nice because it allows for so many different styles of play. You know, I you know, someone who wants to use all fire or chemical or one person wants to use rockets, you know. It it's yeah, it's it, it seems a lot, but once you start delving in, you you can really uh it's like I said, we're having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, keep keep the equipment coming. You can never have too much. Yep.
3: Yeah, and that was actually one of the goals of the equipment. So with the book as you said it's huge. We had to cut a lot of stuff out to get it down to that smelt you know 5.5 mm. 5 pounds <laughs> it does d4 damage when you hit somebody with it right. um so one of the things we couldn't do is really give a broad range in any of the categories of weapons or armor so we kind of had to like well here's a low here's a medium here's a high good next one low medium hot and so it was there's not as much variety and so one of the things we could do with the space that we had now is, okay, let's really start to fill in and and give lots of different options. You get to things where they're affectionately called the bargain basement weapons or bargain basement armor where, yeah, they're a little, um, less reliable, uh, (laughs) and make for fun moments sometimes. What's that? Click, click, click noise. I'm hearing (laughs) (laughs) what, what?
1: Yeah. you, You don't go to war with the, uh, the, the gear you want, to, you go to war
2: with the, the gear you have. So
0: the gear you can loot. Yeah, exactly. Go <laughs> oh,
2: by the lowest bidder. I, I tell yes. everybody when they're making characters. I said you know, once you figure out what your budget is, divide it in half. Spend half of it on weapons and equipment, and the other half on armor, helmet, and options, um, and that usually helps them. Okay, here's the stuff I can afford. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's actually Chris. Uh, so Chris is our GM for this. Uh, for the actual play, and and uh, that's exactly what he told us too. Is like you know you can spend spend at least half on, on armor, <laughs> and uh, so far we none of us have died. We're three sessions in now. Uh, have no idea when we we're going to release these, but but yeah, uh, you know, we're about three se- sessions in, having fun, and nobody's died yet. So, but I did blow off uh, uh, Matt's character's helmet last episode. So. Super fun. That sounds we like
2: cool. a, a good game. Yeah. Oops.
1: Yep. Yeah.
3: We like to say it's not a question of if you die or when, but how often and can you afford to come back? All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, right. What is
0: it? The What's the one piece of it? So these are, for us, it's a lot of new. For people who have played your game for a long time, they're probably familiar with these. But like I'm always excited about finding, what is the the, the head bag
4: or the? The,
0: the, hat the hat
2: box.
4: The hat box. box. Right. That's yes. <laughs> Could you guys explain the hat box? Kurt. all right well the hat box is designed so when somebody's down and you it would take just way too much time to get them up and prepared and you know get them back to a surgeon you just place this device over their head with this handy dandy carrying case um, it envelops the head with the little shears at the bottom which cut through and remove the head and at the same time it's cryogenically preserving it <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> you just pick up the medic doesn't have to carry anything more than the head and run it back and you can grow him a new body or get him a cybernetic one, but you know, you save the head. In fact, the Alliance has the <laughs> save the head initiative as part of their military planning.
0: That's awesome.
4: <laughs> and, and now with fully armored, I've added some new toys along those lines, like the hat collector, which now the, the battlefield medics can literally throw it on, drop it, and the hat collector robot will come along and pick it up and carry hats back to the base. So, wow. I, so okay.
1: I can see if I were running that and there was a hat collector, I would give it to a robot that had gone slightly insane who, who would use it prematurely. That, that's, like, that's the only thing I, I can – that, that but, seems a lot of fun to me.
4: W- with the Atlanteans, that's always a possibility. Yeah. I, oh, I
0: stubbed my toe hat box, hat box. <laughs> yeah.
4: oh, oh that that's the other piece of equipment the new one the automatic the crawler ooh Okay. Yeah, it, it looks like a giant slug, and as it inhales you in to uh, repair you, um, <laughs> well, sometimes the DNA detectors might get a little dirty. Sometimes that rail, uh, scale that was on your, uh, you know, because you're sharing a bunk with him, his scales are on you. So it misreads your DNA. So you might be a human coming out with a, a ram python leg or arm, <laughs> But it does return you to ninety five percent combat efficiency, <laughs> guaranteed. Guaranteed. guaranteed.
0: <laughs> what, so that is clearly <laughs> for his for his what could be. I mean, so clearly you could play this game ultra seriously, but you guys have definitely built in sort of a dark humor sort of with this system with with this gear it is definitely not. uh this is not a federation or, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is
4: not the bright future we all dream for. As, as Tony likes to say, everything in Battle Lords is designed by the lowest common bidder.
1: Yeah, it's just like real
4: life. Exactly. Go.
1: So, is there anything else you want to cover as far as uh, fully armored goes before we dip into the Savage uh, version?
2: I'm whipping Kurt as fast as I can to get him to get all the corrections in, but you know, it just take, you can only go so fast.
1: Hey, Kurt, I, I want my stuff. So <laughs> I, I, I get that PDF out as soon as we can. A, a number one backer here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm definitely really excited to, to get like the, the, the final product, um, uh, and the actual, the actual book to, uh, because uh, the PDFs are nice, but I, I really like holding the the physical book, so I'm, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to getting those and throwing those on <laughs> the sh- shelf.
4: Well, especially I mean that's one of the things we really liked uh, with doing this is we found some great artists and they have done some great work on it. So I mean, you saw what we had in the original and. Mm. It, we're just getting more of it. Tony's posted some of it on our social media, and yeah. uh, you can you can see they're they're putting out some quality work. I'm very impressed with it. So
1: uh, before we go on, Jackalope, do you guys want to tell us about the Jackalope a bit? <laughs>
2: I don't remember whose idea the jackalope was. Do you guys remember? <laughs> Somebody I, came up with it.
4: I, I think we were all ja- uh, joking around. And uh, I grew up in parts of Kansas. So one of the um, legends out there is the jackalope. And so we were talking about it at something. And it's been back and forth with the FOT for years. And then I think finally we just said, yeah, we need to put that in there. That's too funny
2: not to. The, the FOT are our, our genetically engineered rabbit-human chimeras hybrids and yeah at some point the the well if, we, if they're just a mix of dna how do we know there's not like deer or elk in there too and then yeah we're like well, we need a jackalope, so <laughs> um yeah there, there are now jackal variants of the fa and there's a, the first picture of them will appear in fully armored um and of course knowing our fans are as detail oriented as we are i knew the first question we'd get was how does she get her helmet on? <laughs> and sure enough, that was the one we got first.
4: Yeah, right. Very carefully. Yeah,
2: that's awesome.
1: Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to getting that in my hand. So, um, so uh, tell us about. Uh, so uh, I know we covered a little bit of this in our last interview, but let's let's dig a little deeper and how this whole Savage Battlelords uh, mashup come to be. Uh, like, whose idea was that?
2: I think that was probably my brainchild. We love Battle BattleWorlds. I mean, we loved it enough to take over the company from the the previous owners and and keep the game alive. So we love the game system that that's that is BattleWorlds. Uh, how detailed it is, how it rewards people who dig into it. Um, but it is uh, a bit simulationist. It's, you know, it's very gritty and graphic and it's designed to model those military sci-fi injuries in combat and well, when we started in you know, 2017 there was a growing interest in more streamlined games faster quicker simpler rule set and we as we released battle Wars people were like this is great we love the setting but we you know is there anything that's a little a less detailed or less crunchy and so I started looking at alternatives And I'm a big fan of you need to model the rule set on the setting. Um, So I really didn't want to do 5E because to me, everything you do in 5E is still... Dungeons and Dragons 5e. Yeah, yeah, I am right there with you, yeah. Um, and so I was looking for other other open rule sets. What other companies have games out there that they'll let you use their rules for? And um, we came across a couple other options and Savage Worlds seemed like the best fit. You know, it's their, their fast, furious, fun rule set. And it's a system that's designed and encouraged people to make your own setting, make a custom rule set to model that setting using ours as a base. And so that's what we decided to do.
1: So, so how's the reception been from the people? Because on your Discord, uh, you've had uh, people doing uh, some some testing and playtesting on it. Uh, how's the reception been so far?
2: It's hard to tell. I think the, 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 the proof will be in the pudding, so to speak, when the Kickstarter launches. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're hoping it's going to be a big success. But um, I think the most difficult thing and our play testers have been great about this, is there we still get the, this needs to be simpler, this needs to be faster, Uh, and so we're constantly refining it down, but Mm -hmm. there is that line where we want to model the setting and elements within the setting, like how the armor and weapons work, and that is going to add a little bit of complexity, but I want to make that as quick and fast and fun as we can uh, to, to match that savage world's mindset. Just one
1: thing I, to, to echo you right there, like for myself, when we've tried to to take, you know, a, a game that we liked and, and, and throw it into other systems, like sometimes it just didn't feel like that game anymore. And that kind of took me out of the, you know, the immersion um, hmm. uh, of, you know, so a setting that we really liked. And, and so that, is important, so I would uh, encourage you to to stick by that. It's, it's, it still has to uh, playing just playing just a few sessions of Battle Lords, I, I, I can tell you it has, it has a certain feel to it. Mm-hmm. And and if you can capture that and, and with the, the Savage Worlds rules, I, I think the players are going to get a lot
2: out of that. So, I, I think certainly that, what the, that the Savage Worlds rules in general, that rule set encourages what I sort of call high adventure. So I think you're going to see a little bit more over-the-top sort of action movie uh, play out of Battle Lords. Mm -hmm. But one of my main goals was to model the weapons and armor. So I think what people will find when they do that, you can still do that. You can still have the Eridani doing a triple backflip out of the trench with the plasma sword and landing on the arachnid um, and have that action movie sort of high adventure feel. But what they're going to run into is... That character is still going to get shot and die <laughs> because <laughs> the weapons and armor mechanics are modeled fairly accurately. Um, the good news is, like Dave said in Battle Wards, we're like, oh, well, he's dead. We'll fix him. So that, that but I, I think it will encourage a little bit more of that sort of over the top action movie adventure, um, uh, that, uh, traditional Battle Wards, uh, tends to punish just a little when you do stuff like that. And it's like well, you can jump out of the trench, but I'm not pulling your corpse back in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything left,
0: yeah, <laughs> right. So, do you do you see um, so expanding into the Savage uh, Worlds uh, sort of uh, system? Do you see this as sort of expanding almost into two different experiences and and possibly two different crowds of, of players, or you know, like, or do you think people will swing? you know, between, gosh, I'm not sure how to, so like people will play Savage uh, Battle Lords when they're looking for a fast and quick adventure, but still play the traditional 7th edition Battle Lords most of the time, or, or do you think this is going to be for sort of two different audiences, right? One looking for a more streamlined uh, uh, sort of uh, experience, and then those who are still comfortable with and really enjoy that, that sort of traditional Battle Lords experience.
2: I think it's going to be both. I think primarily what we're looking at is, is two different audiences. I can guarantee you, there's going to be some people who play both, and there's going to be crossover from one to the other, both directions. But we don't, we're not releasing this product, in this game, to say, look how cool this is. Now go play the original. If you like that one, we're happy with that. We're bringing the Battleborn setting, um, to to a new, uh, a new rule set, a new crowd, and I think. If people are content to play the Savage Worlds version of the game, that's great. Uh, If they want to play the traditional version of the game, that's great. I I think we will get some crossover, like I said, both ways, but I think primarily it's going to be two different audiences, Um, and that's fine. One of our goals was to uh, expand the number of people playing Battle Wars. Whatever rule set you're doing to accomplish that, I mean, that doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter to us.
3: Yep.
0: that's um, true because it is a very rich background and very rich setting right that that's um what were some of the biggest challenges mechanically converting to savage like what what elements of maybe like character creation or or some of the some of the more crunchy bits that were that were
2: the hardest to translate david you want to say something before i address that oh sorry
3: yeah, that's fine. I was just going to say, I mean, just in terms of groups of audiences and things, so kind of getting away from mechanics specifically, one of our core rules, rule number one is have fun. So if having fun is Savage World style or our rule set style, it doesn't matter. Have fun.
2: To address your question, mechanically, the hardest thing that I've had to deal with is in order to keep Savage Worlds fast, there is no counting. There's no tracking of any numbers um, beyond, say, the three wounds that the character can take. So I like to joke, you know, as long as you can count to three, you're good. Battle Wars, the traditional rule set, is very number, very, very number intensive. There's a lot of counting. Um, there are also a lot of, and, and we even minimized it from the prior editions. That was one of the things we tried to get rid of. But there's still, you know, armor is ablative. You have to wear it down before it has an effect and savage worlds does not have that kind of mechanic. It discourages that mechanic. They don't want the players to keep track of, uh, you know, uh, how many, how many hit points do I have left or how many more hits can my armor take? It's always referenced this number. And if that number changes, you've had an effect or if you've exceeded that number met or exceeded, you've had an effect. And that number really doesn't change. Uh, so that was probably the toughest part for me because there are a lot of mechanics that I'm trying to implement in Savage Worlds that, in you know, a Battle words, traditional Battle words context, are counting mechanics. <laughs> you know, how yeah. many points of damage can this Flux Shield take before it folds? They don't do that in Savage Worlds. So that was probably the toughest thing for me. And I think we've come up with some creative solutions. Um, there's still some counting involved, but we've come up with some creative ways to, again, keep those numbers very low.
0: It's awesome. Um, I always got a chance to flip through the... Um... Savage conversion book today. And I was one thing, maybe I missed it. So if I did, I apologize. One of the really awesome things that we thought was the character creation process Mm -hmm. and some of the life path sort of uh, things. And I don't, were those are, uh, are those included in the Savage conversion? And if, if not, is that something that you guys have ever considered to possibly publish separately as a supplement uh, for the Savage worlds players Uh, If it's not in the actual rule books themselves, because I think we really enjoyed the character creation process and the, the random tables and Mm -hmm.
2: it's, it's something that it's not in the core rules. um, And that's specifically because we were trying to keep it um, simple and digestible, but we there right now there are three savage worlds or savage battle words books that are done. Essentially we, I, I finished the last one last week. So we've got the core rules, We've got the Carnage Companion, and we've got the tentatively titled Alliance Setting Guide. We may put the, well, the life path and character generation in the settings guide uh, for people who want it. And there is a, a sort of an abridged version of that in the uh, the Savage Worlds version of Rifts. So it can be done. Yes. Um, but what we've encountered with a lot of our play testers, particularly on a system like Battle Lords where there's a large power scale in terms of what you can you can do or are capable of they really put an emphasis on balance and to a lot of our play testers that kind of random character generation where somebody could end up with an advantage or a disadvantage compared with somebody else in a group was an anathema to them they did not like that Um, it was something that from my perspective most savage worlds players are not a big fan of um, because they're all everybody's equal they take great pains to make sure everybody's equal at the start despite these diverse and broad characters that you can make and when you get a table that messes with that well now bob he's got you know five more skill points than i do and i've got a you know d4 agility that sucks (laughs) um so it was not something that we got a lot of positive feedback uh during playtesting stages
0: interesting okay
1: yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's like a you know you don't want to tell people they're having fun wrong, even though that we were really we really like the whole life path, uh, and not just uh, other in several other games we played too. It's it's just a whole kind of mini game within itself. And, and uh, for me, I, I like it because it uh, if I have an you know fifty percent of an idea for a character, and you can go through the life path, and it's like oh, and it just really helps me. Flesh it out and, and uh, you know th- throws me some some curveballs that I have to kind of figure out how to work into my character. So, yeah. so I, the, I, the I other I like
2: issue we ran into, and this again uh, in regards to your mechanical question, is granularity. And this is something that, that Dave and I talk about all the time. You know, with Battlelords, it's a percentile based system. You know, one to a hundred. So if you are rolling on that growing up table and you lose five points of right. agility, yeah you know, it's not, it's not going to kill that character. In Savage Worlds, you're basically going from D4 to D12. So your scale yeah. is four to 12. So yeah. even a one point change uh, in those attributes or skills or a penalty to those is going to be dramatic. So if we do move forward with a life path kind of system that I was just growing up tables, it would probably be something where we strip out the mechanics, and it's more of just a background of, you yeah. know, what your character did in the past and where, you know, where they're from uh, as opposed to you get these three skills and, uh, you know, another, you know, 5% of agility.
1: I
0: think that's a good compromise. Yeah. I'd sort of run that because I had gone through the same thing converting because I had old rifts, right? Which was, mm-hmm. Palladium was a D100 system. And then having to shift over, it's that same thing, right? It's a much tighter system in the Savage conversion yeah, so are
1: all three books going to be part of this uh, upcoming Kickstarter? Potentially.
2: That's the that's how that's the catch. Is what we're <laughs> going to do with this Kickstarter is rather than having stretch goals where we're like we'll throw in, you know, a t-shirt or dog tags, once we hit a certain goal, book number 2 becomes available. And then once okay. we hit the next goal beyond that, book number three becomes available. So our backers are the demand for the books determines whether they're going to be available um, mm. as part of that Kickstarter. Um, and it's really just, you know, once we hit the point where we can cover the printing cost of that book, you know, then it's available. So it's just, can we get there numbers wise? Otherwise it's a PDF. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you talked a little bit about the the Carnage Companion and the third book. So, what what are those extra two books going to add to the to the game?
2: Sure, the Carnage Companion. Um, the first thing it does is like is it Savage Worlds players, you know, where the the goal of that system is fast, fun, and furious, and to address the fast part, the first chapter in the Carnage Companion are pre made teams. They're ready to go, ready to play spies, mercenaries, soldiers, um, and pirates. You pick, pick the teams and they're ready to go, or the Game Master can use them as NPCs. Um, so th- we've got additional archetypes in there for those characters. Um, then we've got additional edges and hindrances. Uh, there are a ton of edges and hindrances in the core rules for Savage Battlelords, um, but we had a lot more. And again, we're trying to keep the core rules simple and easily digestible. So it's a lot of material is, is sort of split between the core rules and the Carnage Companion. And uh, if you download the quick start rules, there is a list of every edge and hindrance that are in both books, and it'll tell you which book uh, they're in. So there are new edges and hindrance in the Carnage Companion, and some of them are really cool. Um, I really like a lot of the edges that we came up with for Savage Battle Wars. And by the same token, there are new sets of armor and weapons that appear in the Carnage Companion that are not of the core rules. And again, that was to keep the core rules quick streamlined, easily digestible, this is what you got. If you want to expand on that and bring in new types of weapons and armor, you can get those weapon systems in the Carnage Companion. Um, And then um, the Carnage Companion also has vehicles and Ultra Armor in it. So again, if you want to expand past the infantry armored personnel combat that's in the core rules and start getting vehicles involved, we have that option, but it's not something that you have to deal with if you just want to stick to the core rules uh, and keep it streamlined.
1: Going back to our uh, Matt and I when we played Savage Worlds together, one of the things that was seemed a little clunky to us were, were like chase rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did you uh, have you adapted any kind of new chase rules for for your version?
2: Um, For the vehicles, we really tried, again, that was feedback we got from a lot of the play testers. If there's a mechanic there, use it. So we really tried to uh, stick with the existing chase mechanics. Mm. There are new chase actions that you can do that are available in Battle Lords that are not available in Savage Worlds. Sprint systems on Ultra Armor or cloaking devices or displacement. So there are new things you can do. Um, But um, a, a lot of those built on the existing rule set. Now, in the uh, Alliance Setting Guide, we have Spacecraft, and there the, the chase rules have been, uh, I don't want to say we haven't, we've deviated from them, but we've, get, we've got two options. Um, and if you've read traditional Battle awards option one is don't worry about the chase rules. The guy in the faster ship is going to catch you. You're screwed. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> you know, unless you can hit that FTL before he gets to you, you're going to be repelling borders. And that's because we wanted to encourage that, you know, the focus is not the ships chasing each other. The focus is yeah. the characters fighting. And, and so that's the first thing I say in that chapter is you can throw the chase rules out and, you know, if you want to use them, that's great. And we have rules on that, but in open space, in deep space, if they're faster than you, you've you've got a problem. You know, unless you can blow them out of the sky uh, with your weapon system, you're, they're going to be knocking on the hatch. Um, and then for the uh, uh, traditional chase rules, we've greatly expanded on those because in battle awards, again, to keep the focus on those players, on the on the, and on their characters, everybody's doing something in a spaceship chase, and we've carried that over to Savage Battle Awards. So. The chase actions, the chase maneuvers that you can use um, in Savage Battlewars depend at which command console you're sitting. If you're a gunner, you're going to be shooting at stuff. You're not going to have the the helm actions available to you. You know, if you're the engineer, you're going to be you know pumping the engines or, or trying to get the you know the flux shield back up. Uh, so it's uh, you know, and then I, as in traditional battlewars, those actions are going to be divide it up between, well, I really need to get these engines back online, but there's a Ram Python who's not a member of our crew standing at the hatch, and he looks really <laughs> angry. Maybe somebody should shoot him. <laughs> um, so you, you have to divide your actions between what's going on in the ship and what you really need the ship to do. You, you've got all these new edges and hindrances.
1: Mm-hmm. Like what parts of uh, – I'm assuming you, you mined a lot of that from from the existing rules. Uh, like where did those – come from where those like i as a battle lords player where would i recognize those uh, hindrances and, and edges coming from
2: we've got 30 plus years of battle lords history and we really did mine through that um for the edges um and hindrances particularly the ones that are species specific so we've gone through all the old i was just growing up tables and all of the old information uh, okay in the books and uh, uh you know so like the these um the, the Eridani species, uh, for example, you know, some of their their body equilibrium training, their martial training is, you know, some of them can get iron skin from, you know, you know bone hardening. So that, that's now an edge in savage worlds. Um, there's a form of Eridani meditation that's mentioned where they'll just stand like statues for prolonged periods as a method of practicing their self-control. That's an edge. Uh, in savage worlds, it makes you really hard to throw or off balance. You know, the, the Fintari, uh, you know, we detail their, their mating rituals. And, you know, uh, the uh, you, you get bragging rights as a Fintari if you've, if you've been able to mate more than once and, and your significant other hasn't killed you. You know, I kind of like Black Widows in that
4: respect. You're still alive.
2: You're still alive. Um, so that's that's an edge you get. You get more combat proficiency uh, with that edge because you've survived multiple uh, matings with the, with your significant others. Um, and we we dug all through the lore to, to get those edges. You know, there's the Ram Python pit chefs who are sort of like the the uh, Ram Python version of a of a hibachi or a teppanyaki chef where they, they wrestle the beast in the arena and then they cook it for you. You know, that was mentioned in the old Battle Lords books. And, you know, that's, you know, their, their edges related to that. You know, you get bonuses for fighting non-sentient uh, opponents. And so we yeah we really mined the 30 plus years of Battle Lords lore to get a lot of those uh, uh, species edges and, and, and hindrances. And a lot of them came out of, of the I was just growing up tables that you guys uh, are our fans of.
0: That's very cool. It's a cool way to incorporate that in the new system, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Matt, you got, you have any, uh, questions you want to, I guess maybe one, uh, so I'll throw a kind of an oddball question is, um, play testing this and looking at some of the, uh, converting over into the savage realms. Has there been any talk about compatibility with some of the other savage systems that are out there? And I, I guess the th- one that comes to, comes to me as I'm brainstorming is, all your guys amazing equipment and like all this stuff i'm thinking could i mash that together with um like one of the other uh systems that's out there that they've converted i don't know how compatible um your conversion is with some of the other uh savage world settings
2: yeah it's, it's um, i don't think there's any stuff, been yeah. any discussion from the playtesting group but the game was designed um so that the, the the core is still savage worlds. And we were using concepts and rules from savage worlds. Um, you know we actually bill it as bringing futuristic armored infantry combat to savage worlds. So the short answer to your question is yes. I mean, for the most part, the armor mechanics is just resistances and weaknesses. Uh, and wounds that are already mechanics in Savage Worlds. So you can easily port those over um, to an existing system. And most of the unique abilities of of the weapons uh, are triggered on attack roll raises, which is the standard Savage Worlds rule. So yeah, you can port uh, any and all of this over to another Savage Worlds uh, game uh, for, for the, you know, the, the, the weapons in Armored Battle Lords are basically designed to work together. The, ar- the weapons are designed to find that workaround to the armor, uh, and they all do it in different ways. So it would probably make sense to port them both if you were going to do that. But yeah, they, they you could easily do that uh, in other Savage World settings. So cool. if,
4: you, if you want that spaghetti Western with plasma weapons, you, can, you can probably go. do
2: so.
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so. So I've got a, a couple more questions. Um. Say I'm a somebody who's been playing Battle Lords for a long time. If I pick up the, the Savage World rules, what am I going to like about it?
2: Um, if you're a Battle Wars, a previous yeah. Battle Lords player? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the appeal uh, is going to be, it's fa- again, it's fast. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that if you want to get somebody to play Battle Lords, you can get a game going right then and there. Uh, so I think the, the 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 main appeal from a traditional battle Lord standpoint is it's faster and it's more streamlined which is was the goal of making it. Uh, I think Dave and I would describe it we're huge BattleTech fans and you can do a game of BattleTech um, with, you know, four mechs on a team and it will take you 8 hours. Yeah. Or you can play WizKids Mech Warrior, which is the same setting and you can have 20 30 mechs on a side and get it done in two or three hours. So I think that's one of the other appeals of it is you can do massive battles using Savage Battle Lords because there's just a lot of, a lot less records. Well, to give you an example directly
4: from Battle Lords, 6th edition, you're fighting four other guys and you're uh, in a different squad. The combat, if you're on high end with high end armor and weapons, can literally take, hours for a 30 second fight i mean there there was times when we were running around a mechanized battle armor and it took three to four hours for that 30 second fight now when we revamped the system that went from you know three to four hours to probably about 30 minutes because we've simplified it as much as we could and still kept the flavor um and tried to add all that stuff in and i'm thinking what bat- Tony's uh, done now is he's even taken that further and gone from that 30 minutes to like 5 so it's just kind of shortening down so you know combat's still important uh, and it's a big part of the game but you know you're seeing the effect quicker and it doesn't have to drag out
1: yeah and some people like that that really have to have that simulations feel but, but I could definitely see where he where you have like a yeah you know, mixed group like you know we play w- with our with our with our wives and some of our friends and and uh, you know so, sometimes the 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 stuff the battles that kind of drag on you you, you know, there are players that really don't necessarily get into that and they just want to uh, you know kick some ass and then and then move on to the next fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I could I could definitely see that uh, you know the the person that really loves the um, this, the the battlelord setting, but wants to bring in some people that that uh, maybe not necessarily you know want to you know uh, spend four hours on one fight. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, other, other question I had was, uh, so when you're using you know Pinnacle's uh, system, um, you know how easy was that? As designers, for you to kind of uh, to to build to build your setting into their system, like like uh, do they have a lot of tools to help you get started? Is there any kind of interaction with with, with their teams? Uh, what, is there a support? What's that like for for an indie um, publisher? I,
2: I, I, my, my Savage Worlds book is is out of reach, but essentially it's like here is the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, out. Yeah, um, they are very generous with encouraging people to build games for their settings, but they don't have the staff or the manpower to walk everybody through that. Nor do I think that's their business model. I don't think they want to do that, and and they have have their reasons for that. So um, I had to figure it out um, on my own. Uh, I was fortunate to have some really really talented. Savage Worlds players who are our play testers, um, and they're actually getting design credit in the game because they really helped out with some of the more complex stuff. But it was was definitely, you know... It felt like Michelangelo making David, you know, chisel, 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 no, <laughs> chisel, chisel, chisel. No, no, no. Uh, and it took a lot of chiseling uh, to get that uh, to get that to fit and to get it to look right. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the, you, you don't get much guidance other than what you what you can and cannot use. Um, you're basically restricted to their core rules. You can't use any of their other setting rules, any of their other sure. setting information. Um, uh, their, and their style guide which we tend to deviate a little just because of our writing style. Um we I'm sure you guys have noticed looking at our books we are a little wordy. Um but uh yeah for the, for the most part it's it's you can you can go make it but you got to figure it out yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see it. So when are you planning on, or do you have a, a date set for the Kickstarter
2: or are, you, are you, you know narrowing it down right now? We're shooting for spring of 2022. Um, right now, everything is focused on getting fully armored out the door to the printer. Um, mm-hmm. What we're seeing because our increasing um, industry standard used to be three months um, and now it's four, um, primarily because of shipping delays. So we're really working to get that out but we would like to get the Kickstarter going um, spring of this year. Okay. Exciting.
1: Matt, do you have any last words?
0: No, I'm just excited. Uh, We're really enjoying. I know uh, we talked a little bit uh, before you uh, logged in. Um, We're, we're enjoying playing the system. Uh, Tier and Chris introduced it to us and uh, we've really had a blast. So this is pretty uh, exciting uh, just to get to know the traditional system. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, Savage version as well.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was joking, Matt, pointed out uh, to David and Kurt that uh, I spent the whole last session uh, making Chris look up uh, rules because I was just changing my, I was switching from rockets to melee to the goo gun to just, to, cool. like, <laughs> just to just to keep him busy. Um, it was a lot of fun for me, uh, but <laughs> maybe not for everybody else. Luckily, I can edit a lot of that down, so it's not a lot of. <laughs> sitting on for listeners uh david any uh, last uh words for us
3: Oh right. thanks for having us on we appreciate the opportunity to talk and share a really cool universe with people and lots of different phone ways to play
1: uh, and kurt I'm gonna take it to the viking
4: all right um basically to build on what dave uh, was saying um our setting is what sells it for us i mean we've got a Broad, diverse setting with multiple species that don't always like each other. So, if you like that interplay and you like that background and you want to play something other than a, a space dwarf, uh, you know, come on out, play Ram Python, play a FOT, play a Rosette, you know, or a shapeless blob, you know, have fun with it. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> Enjoy the universe.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll throw a quick uh, plug in for the, there's the, um, the uh, the art guide on uh, on drive through that that has a lot of the character art which is pretty cool and gives you a nice feel for the system uh, definitely check out their discord they have a, a pretty nice discord where a lot of the Battle Wars fan uh, gather and, and commiserate and talk about the rules and, and and whatnot so uh, definitely check that out
2: uh, and what's your uh, what's your twitter handle there Tony what, what battlelords rpg and we also have um, uh, battle just battle words is 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 granny's account uh yeah, colonel Prunella frump who is our our spokesman uh if you're if you're looking for 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 gruff granny she'll uh, <laughs> get get you some battle wards advice
1: and uh and your your
2: website uh you've got a lot of materials on your website for for download and uh we we've been so mi- busy i've been remiss in updating our website but they, we have a ton of um new interviews uh, and reviews that we have to get posted to our links page. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully I'll, I'll have that this one done for you soon. Uh, and Tony any any last words for uh, for the listeners?
2: Um, no, we're, thanks for having us on. Um, we encourage everybody to check it out whether it's it's you know traditional battle lords or Savage Worlds Battle Lords. The quick start rules are free. Um, If you like military science fiction and you like amazing art, I tell everybody, just, you know, download the quick start rules. I guarantee you, even if you don't like the game or the setting, the art will amaze. you. And and that's usually what gets people into the art, like gets people into the game. Like uh, what Kurt said, it's the setting in the art. Once you see that um, and realize you can really do just about anything in the game in terms of play styles, it's uh, I think that's what draws people in. So check it out. And, uh, and we think you'll like
1: it. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, thank you. All right. So that wraps us up. Uh, thanks for watching or listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, uh, thanks to, to Tony, Kurt, and David, uh, the, the whole Battle Lords crew there. I uh, really appreciate you having, having you on the, the show again. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing you again and, and looking forward to that Kickstarter launch coming this spring. Thank you. Good night.